0: friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. Hey, friends, I want to personally invite you to be my guest at our 2022 fundraising event called One Special Night. Now, it's coming up on Thursday, November the 3rd at 6.30 p.m. Central, And you can watch from literally anywhere around the world online through the Rising Above Facebook page or on the Rising Above website. Now, this is going to be a fun-filled night of laughter and entertainment and stories of how God is using Rising Above to impact the disability community around the world. And we so hope that you will join us and that you'll also invite other people to watch as well. If you have enjoyed this podcast, if you have been blessed by the resources that Rising Above provides for your family, please share about this night. Invite your friends to watch along with us so they can learn more about Rising Above. And for more information, just visit our website, risingaboveministries.org. My guest today is Katie Matthews and Katie is the executive director of the Banquet Network. Their mission states that the Banquet Network inspires, equips, and resources churches to reach, serve, and include individuals and families affected by disability. Katie has a beautiful story of adoption that I know you will be so encouraged to hear in this episode. So here's my conversation with Katie Matthews. Hey, Katie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I am excited to get to meet you. This is the first time we've ever met or ever talked, and so I'm excited to get to know more about you and your story.
1: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Um, I'm excited to be able to share what God has been doing in my life.
0: Well, tell us a little bit. Like I said, this is the first time we've met. So tell us a little bit about you, where you live, and about your family.
1: Um. Yes, yeah, so... Um, I could read you, you know, the bio that I share with with people when yeah. I speak, but I'll give <laughs> yeah. you the the give conversation. We're like. having
0: coffee together. What would you tell me?
1: Um, well, I would start with I love coffee. Um, there you go. <laughs> if coffee were a love language, that would definitely be mine. So I love coffee. Trying to cut back on it, but um, I am first and foremost a believer. Um, trying to reconstruct my own identity around that um I'm also a mom to two and being a mom to a kid with disabilities a lot of my identity is rooted in that mm, yeah and being a pastor's wife and and those types of things and so um just want to preface with first I'm a, I'm a christian um who again drinks too much coffee <laughs> but I um I get to be the executive director of a nonprofit called the Banquet Network and, um, we coach churches on how to reach people and reach people with disabilities and their family units. Yeah,
0: um, We're going to dig so, into
1: that here. Just, I've got
0: lots of questions about that. So we'll dig into that here in just a little bit.
1: Sounds good. It's my dream job. Oh, um, before love it. that I was a special educator, um, I was in special ed for a couple of years. God caught me away from that to do this, but also a pastor's wife, um, learning after the pandemic, uh, what I like to do again. Um, Mm. don't really have any hobbies right now other than caring for my family, which again is that like identity, uh, struggle that I'm trying to overcome. But, um, yeah, that's a little bit about, about me. Um, love, loved teaching, love doing what I do now. Um, but yeah, most of, most of me is, is wrapped up in being a pastor's life and a mom and working with churches.
0: Yeah. And I love that you say it's your dream job. So I want to hear more about that as we get into our conversation. But I know from doing a little research that um, you have a kind of an unusual adoption story. So would you be willing to share part of that with us?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. So Um, I'm a mom to two beautiful kiddos and they just both celebrated um August birthdays. So I officially have a 14-year-old son and a 15-year-old daughter. Um, so if you were to ask for prairie quests, they would be summed up in that statement. (laughs) Right there,
0: (laughs) Uh, right there. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um and so yeah, they're both adopted. Um, I met my son when I was teaching um in the public school system.
0: Mm.
1: He was a kiddo that came in from foster care and um I had never really experienced this before but I really felt um like I didn't obviously I didn't hear an audible voice or anything but I felt like in my heart God said you're going to be this kid's mom wow um and I was like that's weird <laughs> and mm. kind of pushed it off a bit um at the time he was in second grade and I just I couldn't shake it I couldn't let it go it just kept like coming back um and at the time, I believe I was only 22 um, and my husband and I had both wanted to adopt. We had talked about that early in our marriage, um, but like timing just felt, you know, it was very out of the blue. Um, my husband and I had some conversations around that and just had determined like, no, now's not the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband had just planted our church. So like <laughs> there's lots of things happening there. We were newlyweds, um, just a lot happening. So yeah. Um, kind of put it aside and um, discontinued being one of his supports at school um and he uh, he would have a very difficult time at school would have very aggressive behaviors um would would frequently have to get restrained because he would he would try to elope out of the building and and injure himself and things like that um so I spent a lot of time with him um he would, flip tables things like that um and just get triggered very easily and mm-hmm. and we now know that that's from him being in a constant state of fight or flight
0: wow
1: yeah um one of his diagnoses is is attachment disorder but um through that just kept praying for him um even in the short time I knew him during second grade he had bounced from several foster homes because of his behavior and the level of care that he needed um and so uh, little did I know the Lord was also working on my husband's heart. Um he was going to a rally in DC um for um for uh pro-life and went there, you know, with the intent to learn more about uh just pro-life in, in terms of um, abortion. And he left there uh believing that adoption was plan A for our family and not plan B um Wonderful. meaning that we weren't going to try to have biological kids first that we were supposed to adopt and so um we started the the process of looking into what it would take to adopt Thomas and every door that could have shut did um and it felt like it wasn't going to happen but we would pray our entire church was praying and next thing you know like that door would just I mean I don't not even fly open like the entire wall would be broken down. Um Amazing. and yeah, there's a lot of that. There was also um another family had come and we're they were supposed to adopt him and um we we thought okay lord like this you know prepare us for that. Um but if we're supposed to do it like you you know we know you will make a way and um he did make a way and now I have a beautiful 14-year-old son and um
0: So he's been part of your, he's been part
1: of your family for, for how long? Yeah. So, um, I met him when he was seven as his teacher. Um, we fostered him for a couple of months and then we adopted him. So he was adopted at eight, but I've known him since being seven.
0: And so he's been part of your family for, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, and so you also have adopted a daughter as well.
1: Yes, ma'am. So share
0: about that.
1: Yeah, I have a beautiful 15-year-old daughter. Um, Her birthday was just a couple of days ago. Her name is Jade. um, And we actually got to help pick out that name um, once she was adopted. But um, we met her through um, a connection with our son, Thomas, and through um, just some care and supports that we needed for him. We met her there. Um, Similar story to Thomas. I, you know, didn't, didn't, not as, as a media, uh, not you're going to be this this young girl's mom, but met her and was thinking like, oh how cool, because Thomas knew her. If you know, we could be this young lady's mom and dad and family, and um, didn't actually know that she needed um, a family. Was under the assumptions that she didn't, um, and then later found out through this facility support that um, she did indi- she indeed did need to be adopted. Um, and started praying through that. Um, we were in a very um, hard place with our son. And so we felt like if the Lord wanted this, like it had to fully be him, it wasn't something we were gonna pursue on our own mm-hmm. <clears throat> because my my son was getting hospitalized frequently. Um, and so we prayed about it um, and said, Lord, if this is of you, um, then, you know, you'll, you'll make it happen. Like our, we've done our initial pursuit of just asking questions and now we're going to leave it alone. Um, And within, I think it was six days, um, this facility that she was at called us and said, Hey, this is a weird question. We don't normally do this, but would you consider adopting her? Um, And I was like, okay again that's off (laughs) Mm. off. you know we just prayed this prayer what are the odds that this is just a coincidence and not the Lord and all these things um and so even with that we we doubted just because of the place we were at with our son Mm. and um we we just kept praying because we're like maybe this is just a coincidence like there's a high need for foster and adoptive parents maybe they just reach out to anybody um and we we waited we even like made a list of things of like, can we afford to adopt her and to care for another kid? And we prayed about it and we didn't feel like we heard an answer from God. Um, And so we said, we can't do this without the Lord. So we put it on hold. Um, And the very next day, same thing that I had heard about my son. I I was listening to a sermon. It was clear as day. I mean, I hit the floor sobbing. It was like, listen, I told you to adopt her. I already told you to do this. I Mm -hmm. answered, you need to do it. Um, but I was so fearful because I was like, "Our son isn't doing well. Um, I like I can't imagine just bringing another family member. Mm-hmm. Like I'd started a new job. Lots of things are happening. Um, so I asked God. It was definitely a, a Gideon situation. But I asked the Lord. I was like, mm-hmm. "Can you? If this is really what you want us to pursue? Because um, it was also like a, a tri-state adoption. There was a lot of complications there, but." if this is what you want us to do, I need you to tell my husband separately because we need to be unified in this decision. Um, And uh, the very next morning, my husband called me and was like, I have no idea what just happened, Katie. I had to pull over because (laughs) I just started crying hysterically. Um, He's like, the only other time this has happened to me was when I had my conversion and like became a Christian and God had convicted me of my sin. Um, he's like, we're supposed to adopt her. I know we are. And I hope you're not mad. And I hope we're on the same page. And I was like, this is awesome because God said the same thing to me. Um, and so we, yeah, we started down that journey. And now I have two kiddos and um, we brought her home very early um, during the pandemic. So um, that just also complicated things. But
0: So she's new in your family. I mean, it's only been a yes. couple of years since she's yeah. been part of your family. And I'm sure that you know, even though you're like, okay, God has called us to do this. There have been things that, I mean, it's not, I'm sure, been super easy. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. been things that you maybe have gone, oh my goodness, what have we done? Is this really what we wanted to do? But you you had that word, how, you know, that, that this is what God had called you to do. So how, how was knowing that you and your husband were both told mm-hmm. that this is what you were supposed to do? How did that help you then on those hard days or when those days you're like, you know, oh,
1: shaking yeah. your head? Yeah, absolutely. And that was, that was why I prayed, prayed that prayer request. Um, Because I thought, you know, on days when things are difficult or if, I mean, we're trying to adopt during a pandemic, like if certain things fall through, I need us to be unified and both Mm -hmm. knowing that like the Lord called us to this. Um, And even things such as like I had mentioned, we didn't think we could afford it. And then we found out that we would receive a stipend, but then after we had said yes, we we found out that we wouldn't receive the stipend because it was a tri-state adoption and all of these things. And so it was just all the, all of these, you know, boxes of like, this is going to be hard. This isn't following Mm -hmm. through. This is an added extra step. And all those things But just knowing that we had both heard yes from Mm -hmm. God and we were on the same page. And, um, it was very missional. Um, I don't know that it doesn't feel like the right word. Um, but also it was, it was, we both knew, regardless of what was going to happen, we were supposed to do this because mm-hmm. God had told us both separately. Mm-hmm. Um, and such a cool testament that we can it I feel like it fully bonded our family because mm-hmm. with both kiddos, it wasn't just a a choosing. um we we got to choose them and to yeah. say yes to them, but also the Lord was he verified that. Mm-hmm. um both kiddos was like, we want to be. We want to be your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then God just had solidified that for us.
0: I so. Love that. And, you know, I know, you know, in my journey as a special needs mom, you know, when people see my son, it's very obvious he has special needs. He's in a wheelchair, requires 24-7 care. But
1: mm-hmm. your story is
0: a little bit different. You deal with a lot of hidden disabilities. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that and how that impacts your family um, and and how other people view your family.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um all of us in our family have some sort of hidden diagnosis. Um and uh, I just want I'm I will speak openly about myself and and um a little bit from what my family is comfortable with me talking mm-hmm. about, but um we kind of joke that we, you know, make up a large portion of the DSM-5, but <laughs> you wouldn't you know that <laughs> looking at us. Um <laughs> Sometimes it's like when you go to the doctors and you have to check off all the boxes of right. what it pertains to you. I'm like, can I just check what doesn't apply? That's much easier oh. just to tell you what doesn't <laughs> apply here. Yeah. Yes. Or it's even a, you'll see something on the list and you're like, oh yeah, that, yep. I forgot yep, about forgot that. that, that one. Too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my, myself, um, I have a ton of health problems. Um, I have type one diabetes and Lyme's disease, which caused a lot of other health problems, mm. but, um, as an adult i was diagnosed with adhd um ptsd and anxiety and um it's some days those labels um i don't want them they're hard Mm -hmm. and other days you know it's it's empowering to say like yes i have adhd and yes i have anxiety but like through the lord's strength i can power on right um but to you you asked something i think about like how it really impacts us and i think Mm -hmm. Um, especially for my children and, and my son mainly, who's now a, a 14-year-old African American boy who's hyperactive and can be triggered and go into fight or flight. Um, sometimes invisible disabilities aren't given that same level of of grace. Totally um, agree. Yeah, that a visible one is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so a lot of times, um, and our church is very understanding and welcoming, and have rallied around us and supported us, but. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been lots of times when like my son's, um, you know, if he's having a, a meltdown or overload and needs to take some time, it, it's viewed more as my lack of parenting right. or that there's something wrong with him behaviorally. Like he's just a bad kid. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, if, if the four year old with visible down syndrome, it's, it's almost cute. Like, Oh, they threw a toy. That's mm-hmm. you shouldn't do that, but it's adorable versus Mm -hmm. my son. It's, you know, what, what's happening? Um, Why is he acting like that? And the same thing for myself. Like I, I grew up being a straight A student, very compliant. Um, I learned to procrastinate because work was easy for me. And so I didn't really, it, ADHD didn't really impact me negatively because I had always learned how to cope with it growing up. It was almost like a a superpower in one sense that my behaviors would just uh, solidify it though. So waiting to the last minute to turn Mm. an assignment, but then you get an A just solidifies that you should procrastinate. Why would you not? Um, And those things were just super easy. I was very artistic. Um, But during the pandemic, I really started to struggle um, with working from home and those types of things. Mm. And the things that once were like, a skill set for me now became the same things that were causing me, um, a lot of, a lot of pain, honestly. Um, just wondering like why I couldn't do certain things. Why, like, why is my brain acting the way that it is? Like, Mm. why am I so hard trying to, you know, I'm trying to complete a task and yet I, it's like, I'm hitting a wall. Mm. Um, and I had another characteristic of, of my form of ADHD is lack of sleep and just kind of like, Hyperfixating on a topic, mm. and so that was happening late one night. And I stumbled upon um, another young woman my age who got diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. Um, I was like, "This is me. This is everything she's saying is me." And so I started doing more research, um, and then I, I started talking to um, a doctor about it. And they kind of laughed at me. They were like, "We don't even really need to do the test, but we'll give you this, you know, this survey, this questionnaire." Um, you're pretty much textbook adult, mm-hmm. inattentive ADHD. Um, and so that was empowering to know mm-hmm. like why my right. life was the way it was. But then also learning that there is something that is is wrong with me. Some days ADHD is a gift and some days mm-hmm. it's, um, it's not. And yeah. so um, same thing with anxiety. Um, multiple, every, all four members of my family have, PTSD and anxiety. Um, and so that's really hard because that again is not something you see on the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, my kiddos might need time to calm down or to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they can't control their anxiety. Anything can trigger it. And so, um, again, from the outside that, that might just look like bad behavior or them acting strange when really like, they might be stemming because it helps calm them down, right? Um, or they might need to leave the church immediately after service because they're having a panic attack for mm-hmm. no given reason, yeah. and that's not the pastor's wife not wanting to be, you know, open and welcoming. That's that's us having to care for the needs of our family. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, and the the grace part, you know, that's that's I've said that so often
0: um, on this podcast before. I get so much more grace in my journey, because it's obvious my son has special needs than people with Mm -hmm. hidden disabilities do. And Mm -hmm. that judgment and all those things that can go along with when you have a hidden disability. So if you were to tell someone one, if you wanted someone to know something, what would you want them to know uh, about hidden disabilities? What's, what's something Mm -hmm. that if you were to have a conversation with someone who maybe was being judgmental, maybe was looking Mm -hmm. at your family in a way that was placing judgment or shame on you as a mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that person?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I've never been directly asked, I don't think. Um it does, it reminds me of something that I saw online recently about um about having difficult students, like working with with mm-hmm. students at this upcoming school year and them just being difficult. And it talked about how a lot of times their backstory is not one that would make you angry; it's one that would make you cry. Mm. And so, just to to extend that grace and to not mm-hmm. assume that you know um, what's going on behind the scenes. And I mean, I think that's true for for all of us um, mm-hmm. in general, and especially true for Christ followers. We we need to extend that grace because we're we are undeserving of yeah. it ourselves. But to think about how many times you've had some sort of encounter where, you know, you thought somebody was just being grumpy or in a bad mood or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. a difficult coworker or whatnot. And then later you find out, you know, someone in their family died that morning or Mm -hmm. something like that was happening. And you felt bad for being quick to assume and judge. Um, and a lot of times that's, you know, that's the story with my family or with myself. Um, like I I have to keep post-it notes and written things down everywhere um, because of my ADHD or I will forget. And so, you know, just assuming that um, I'm flaky or forgetful just because I'm lazy versus, mm-hmm. you know, my brain being wired differently. Mm-hmm. It just adds to that isolation and that mm-hmm. feeling of like, I'm wrong. Something's wrong with me. Um, when really like, my family and I are just trying to live in a world that is a little different. Um, Yeah, I would just, I guess, answer your question, not assume, um, and that it's okay Mm -hmm. to ask. I I train churches, and one of the things I always tell them is not to assume, and that um, families would rather you ask. A lot of times people think that asking certain things might be rude, Mm -hmm. um, and, and obviously you should tread lightly there, but um, just to ask, asking shows my family that you have, you have thought about us. You're, you know, you're, you're trying to accommodate us, those types of yeah. things. It doesn't, it doesn't make me like angry or sad or any mm-hmm. of those things. Um, I wear medical devices and sometimes they're visible. Um, and I love when people ask me about them instead of just assuming, um, cause then I get to explain what mm-hmm. they are and why I wear yeah. them and, and those things. I love that. And I love what you were saying
0: about learning the backstory because mm-hmm. I think once we know uh, someone's story, when we know, like you said, you have a medical device, you want someone to just instead of assuming, instead of judging, to, to just ask. And so um, I, I love that because when we know someone's story, then we can have so much more empathy for what they are going through. And, you know, part of that is the words that we use, you know, so often we hit have people in our life who say things that are just so encouraging. And then we have people that sometimes we just shake our heads and go, I cannot believe they just say that. And I'm sure that you've had that experience. So what are some of the things that you in your life with dealing, even with you personally, with your kids, dealing with hidden disabilities that people have said that you kind of just shook your head and was like, I really can't believe that they just said that.
1: Yeah, so I I actually have a good friend of mine named Tom and we wrote an article on this and we actually made like a a publication for a conference we did all about this. Like what what not to say? And Mm. they were all real life examples of things that had been said to us about our sons. Um he has a son, Jimmy, with autism. Um and some of them people, when we we talked about them, they were like, No way. This Mm -hmm. was really said to you. And we're like, Yep, multiple times, (laughs) you know. Um and a huge one that, um, it really hurts. And I'm like, I'm almost shocked that it still happens to the both of us, but, um, that we lack faith. Um, yes. yeah. like if, if we had just prayed more, mm-hmm. our sons wouldn't be in the position that they're in, or we wouldn't be in the positions we're in mm-hmm. of being tired caregivers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, just pray. And I want to, Exactly I do. Point. Yeah. I think I haven't done that yeah, like exactly. i currently praying, right? Right yeah. now. <laughs> that um, I don't, yeah, that I don't say something back to you. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but also I just think of the flip side of that and how much glory has been able to be given back to God mm-hmm. through this the stories of our families. Mm-hmm. Um, and not not like in spite of their diagnosis, but because mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Um, and how so many people um have experienced the love of Christ because, um, because of our families. Um, yeah, I I think it, again, just the, the assuming, like I get a ton of parenting advice and being Mm -hmm. a mom of a family that has a lot of PTSD, we operate very differently than other Mm -hmm. families. And so, um, sometimes we, we might have to say no to something, or we might need to, you know, my, one of my kids might need to go sit in the church office for a few minutes so that they can come back and focus mm-hmm. on the word um i have a middle schooler and a high schooler and so what's typically expected of them at church is that there's not a service for that during the sermon they sit through that and so um you know if my kids need to put their feet up or sit on the floor or remove themselves for 5 minutes um you know that shouldn't be frowned upon it should be mm-hmm. celebrated that they are in in the church mm-hmm as teenagers first off but um as teenagers though who are who could be struggling with something mm-hmm. that you don't know about um yeah i get lots of unsolicited parenting advice mm-hmm. and yeah. um i'm sure you do never well. i've never had any no <laughs> yeah no oh, i was yeah. like really no oh, no oh no
0: no no yeah especially early <laughs> on not so you're much in the south <laughs> yeah yeah exactly to know about i'm this. in the south <laughs> yes no at, at, early on Yes, most definitely. I will as I've as my son has gotten older, people see, okay, she knows mm-hmm. she knows somewhat of what she's doing, but most she's definitely made it this far. I've yeah. made it this far. But no, most definitely early on. Yes, the unsolicited parenting advice. And it, you know, it just makes you feel like, you know, and then people's heart is that they feel like they're trying to be helpful. They're trying to, but right. you know, when it's my right. second cousin twice removes brother. Yes you know, took this supplement and everything. Yeah. yeah, You know, and every, and he's, he's great now. And, uh, and, and also the, the, the saying, if you just had enough faith, if you just prayed enough, we, we did experience that early on. And it just, it, I've often said, you know, I know that God in his infinite wisdom could say the word right now. My son's caregiver could text me or call me. when well, she would be calling me screaming, going, he's talking, he's up walking. He's..." Running. I know God is able to do that, have hands down. But I also know that in his wisdom, there's a reason we're walking this. And there's a reason that my son is the way that he is. And so yes. I've often said, I think it almost takes more faith to believe mm that, that, you know, God could, God is sovereign. He can do that if that's in his power to do that. But I'm also like trusting in him for his goodness and grace that this is part of our journey Mm -hmm. and he'll, he'll help us. So, you know, I, I've, I've had that for sure. And, uh, you know, I know you're part of a church family, your husband's a pastor. So what have been some of the ways that people have come alongside and helped your family? I think so often, People don't know how to help, and your situation is a little unique in that you know the, some of the things are hidden, and it may be harder to kind of explain to people what's going on. But what um, what are some ways that people have helped? Practical ways people have come alongside and helped your family.
1: Um, yeah, so it. I mean, I I used to be on staff at my church, and and like we just mentioned, my husband's a pastor, and so I think we have um, we have a different audience than someone who might just walk into the church. Mm-hmm. And so um we have that ability to to share our struggles more and to also create an environment in our church that mm-hmm. does support families like mine or or families like yours. Um and so we, we do have that. Um but for us I know there's um a level of us wanting to protect our family as well just mm-hmm. just being pastors' kids and a pastor's wife and um and all of that. So we, we do not overshare. Um, Mm -hmm. we share with permission or, um, we, we want our kids to, you know, grow up and to know that they were loved by the church and not to have this whole identity that the church had made for them, Mm -hmm. um, or, or judgment or, or whatnot. Um, and so we, we are careful what we share. Um, we have an amazing small group. Um, and, uh, we, we frequently joke that like, it's not a joke at all, but we joke about it because how perfectly timed they came into our lives and and the group of people that are in that group. But that's a group of people that um, when we have been going through a crisis in the past, I can just text and say, like, pray. Mm -hmm. And if they just get that, they know exactly what it means. And if they don't know what it means, it's okay. And they'll still pray and Mm -hmm. um, they'll come around side us. I think a lot of times and you had mentioned this about saying hurtful things, but the intention is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the intention of telling you, you should pray more, or have more right. faith is because they want your son to be healed, but they don't realize how damaging that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes with, with help in the church, that's the same thing. So, yeah. you know, we might have someone drop off a casserole, but then they want to stay and talk to us and pray for <laughs> us in person and all these things. And I'm like, that is amazing and good. And there is a time for that, but like, you're going yeah. to make the situation worse for my mm. family um, because now yeah. we have to deal with whatever backlash mm-hmm. you coming into the home will have. Yeah. Um. And so our small group, they know, you know, it might be, they'll text us um uh, a gift card so that we can get carry out somewhere yeah. for an emergency. And, and thank God we haven't had that in a long time. But yeah. that's every
0: uh, special needs parent's dream, you know, is when you get yes. that gift card for a meal.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And we can pick a lot of times we'll get um like DoorDash or, yes. or whatnot. And then we can, you know, we can save that for a, for a bad day or we can mm-hmm. use it to celebrate a great day. Yeah. Um, And so they're just people that we can um be real with, but mm-hmm. also lean into um, yeah. in our struggles. Love that. And, you
0: know, I know that your family looks a little different because I mean, you're young.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: then your kids are, you know, are are older yeah. kids where you, when you adopt them. And so when people see your family out and about in the community oh, in different places, <laughs> what do you want them to see? What do you want them to see? I know what, mm-hmm. I know visually what they do see, but what is it that you hope that they see?
1: Yeah. Um, Christ. And I mm-hmm. think they do. Um, yeah. if I'm, so it, it's, it's funny cause we're, we're an inter, interracial family. Um, my husband is, is mixed. Um, both of my kiddos have beautiful brown skin. I am the palest of the pale in the family. <laughs> and I'm frequently reminded of that. Um, when my son was really young, he'd tell me, Mommy, you're white like the wall. How funny. <laughs> and so, uh, like you mentioned, we we also adopted older kids. So, um, like, if I take my daughter and her friend out um, and someone hears her yell, you know, Mom from across the, the store, it's kind of funny because you can see them like, Doing math. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or I get the usual yeah. like, what do you do for work? Oh, you married, you have kids, awesome. How old? And then I I will now tell them 14 and 15, but you just I kind of get that once over look of like, Oh, when did you have them? Because <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I also don't lead with I have two adopted kids. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. because to me it it's again that like label that's not needed mm-hmm. um i have two yeah. beautiful kids that are adopted mm-hmm. um and that shouldn't be hidden or or dwindled because that's awesome in itself but um i would choose to be their mom over and over mm-hmm. again um but yeah, i i hope that they see um i hope that they see christ
0: yeah love that yeah. Well, I know you serve as the executive director of the Banquet Network, and I would love to know about that because this is a new organization to me. I don't know much about mm-hmm. it. So share with us what you do. Um,
1: I know you said yeah. it was your dream job. So tell us what your dream job is. Yeah. So um, I so I used to be a special educator. Um, I was finishing up um, like my last couple of classes in school and uh, I told my husband, I was like, I know we just, you know, paid off our last school payment. Don't kill me. I don't want to be a teacher mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. Um, and he was like, okay. And I was like, I I don't know that this job exists, but I want to do something with disability in the church. Mm-hmm. And that was rooted in, um, with my husband being a church planner, you know, our whole life was wrapped up in church planning and church and being a newer church, we did you know everything in the beginning. My husband was like the youth pastor; he ran lights. We cleaned, I cleaned the <laughs> yeah. bathrooms. Like it was, we did everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, and so I I always saw like the church and pastors and and these people were very dedicated to the Lord and and loved the Lord. And then I had this group of people I also ran with that loved disability, huge advocates, loved people with disability, disability rights, and whatnot. But I didn't hard I. I don't know if I ever saw the two cross, mm. which really troubled me because that's not what I saw in scripture. Um, and so, yeah, I said, I want to do something with disability in church. I don't know what that is. And, um, my husband's mentor, um, I, he, my husband had brought it up to him and he was like, we have to talk. And he's actually our co-founder. Um, mm. and so, Long story short, I became a coach for us, and um, what I got to do there, and this is what we're all about, um, we coach churches on how to reach people with disabilities, and not just um, welcome them, Mm -hmm. but fully welcome them into Mm -hmm. the full life of the church body. And so what that doesn't look like for us is um, creating a room where you can put all the people with disabilities Mm -hmm. so that they're quiet and don't disrupt the service yeah um but rather becoming fully accessible and if a person with a disability wants to be in a leadership role is how do we how do we create that opportunity for them um and so now i get to be the executive director of that i actually left the banquet network to go back to teaching full time um and then the lord called me back to this and so um yeah like i said i get to do my my dream job um, leaving was heartbreaking for me. Mm -hmm. I I literally remember telling the board, I don't want to leave. Um, I feel like I'm handing off my dream to you guys. Mm -hmm. And so like, I entrust you (laughs) to keep doing this. Um, and then God brought me back.
0: Brought you back.
1: So how do you go about
0: doing your training? Do you do it? Do you go into churches? Do you do just in the local Mm -hmm. area where you are? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so we do a variety of things. Um, and in the beginning, most of our training was in person, but then when COVID happened, um, we obviously had to shut all that down and go into the virtual world. Um, so one plus for us through COVID has been that we have access to more churches than we've mm-hmm. ever had before. Yeah. Um, geographically wise, we're located in Baltimore. And so most of our churches that we coach would always be. Um, Maryland, Virginia, mm-hmm. PA, those types of areas, um, and now we're able to coach anywhere because yeah. because churches now they use that that virtual um, mm-hmm. tool a lot more easily. Yeah. So um, my favorite is still to go and visit in person because mm-hmm. it also just gives us a, a better idea of your church and we can see your services and and whatnot. But um, we do one on one individual coaching Mm -hmm. we use a a tool of ours. Um, We call it the IMP and that's mimicked off of an IEP. Kind of the same idea of um, just as a student would have big objectives and Mm -hmm. then you would break those down into smaller steps. We do that with the church. Um, And so let's say your first thing that you want to do is that you have some kiddos in your congregation with disabilities and you want to meet their needs. So that's our big goal. How do we break that down into smaller bites that you can actually mm-hmm. chew? Um, and so, to
0: people can they just go to your website and find out information yeah, about how absolutely. to sign up and get training through you guys? So, yeah, and
1: we do have some free resources online as well because um, some churches don't always need that full IMP. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just um, they just have one particular difficulty that they're facing such as behaviors and we can Mm -hmm. talk to them over the phone and give them some tips and supply them with some things well we will be sure to include a link uh, to your website so people can
0: find you and get more information uh, there and learn more about the banquet network so um so this year at rising above uh, this is our year of restoration and so we're asking all of our podcast Mm -hmm. guests what are you currently doing that is allowing god to bring restoration into your life so
1: What would you say,
0: um, how is God restoring you right now?
1: Um, That for the longest time, allowing the Lord to restore me was a a difficulty for me as a mom to family members with disabilities, um, including my own. Um, Burnout is real. Mm -hmm. Um, And I even remember one night just asking, like, not really asking, kind of just unloading on, on him after a hard day of like, I believe God's word and I know that he's good. But when he says his, you know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Because that is not what I'm <laughs> Not how I'm feeling right I'm feeling. now. Yeah. 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 And I don't know in the last time I did feel like that. And, yeah. um, you know, in a lot in Psalms we see, um, we see like illustrations of green pastures and quiet, still waters. Mm. And um, I'm like, there's not a lot of my life that's quiet at all. Mm. But I so desire that. And so um always just saying like I don't have time for that. Like we 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 were in the hospital overnight for, you know, 15 hours and now we're being transported to another hospital and we're constantly fighting for resources and with the school and there are no answers. Um, while also dealing with, you know, my health problems and and everything else that goes on with my family. And so having to really learn to stop. Um mm-hmm. And when you said the word restore, um, it made me think of something I love to do. And I'm trying to actually build more time for it. But um, I love restoring furniture. Mm. Um, And this is such a timely question because we actually just bought a fixer-upper. And when I say fixer-upper, I mean like you cannot live in it. (laughs) Um, Oh, my goodness. So we're doing a lot of restoration on that home. Mm. And when I think about the word restore, um, I'm just thinking about like we can see the bones and we mm-hmm. can see the beauty through all of the filth mm. and the, the dirtiness in this house, yeah. but it takes work and effort and planning. Um, and so when I am weary, that same thing is true for me. I need mm-hmm. to take the work and the planning. It takes a lot of planning as a mom, um, as a mom in general, but, you know, a mom to a family with disabilities um, that intentional planning of how am I going to allow the Lord mm-hmm. to restore me? Yeah. Um, and so one of the ways I do that is by leaning into to those small group ladies I had mentioned before um, and just saying things like, hey, it's it's been a rough day or this is what I need or um, it's gotten to the place where I don't even have to say that anymore. They will just check in and ask mm-hmm. um, or even, hey, you've been quiet lately. What do yeah. you need? Yeah. Um, and then a big one for me is just recounting my blessings. Mm, yeah. um, a couple of years ago, my therapist had asked me like, well, what is the worst that could happen? Like I would, I would always have anxiety about like, when's the next time my son will be hospitalized mm-hmm. or when's the next time something will happen. Yeah. And um, she asked me, well, what's the worst that could happen? And I actually got mad because I was like, well, the worst thing that could happen in my family is pretty bad stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's not, you know, somebody will go to bed angry. It's like, someone might need to be hospitalized. And so um, through that though, it really made me question, do I fully rely on the Lord or not? Mm. Or am I relying on my own strength to make everything perfect and try to prevent, obviously, I'm sure you do this as a mom, try to prevent the triggers and set up our families for success. But Mm -hmm. how much am I relying solely on that and not on the Lord? Mm -hmm. Um, And so recounting my blessings for me looks like you sustain me through XYZ. Mm-hmm. I know you're faithful to do it again. Do mm-hmm. I really believe that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I journal a lot. I'll write out mm-hmm. my prayers a lot so that yeah. I can go back and remind myself of how good the Lord has been. Um, so that's, yeah, for me, restoring my soul means I need to first stop. Mm-hmm. And stopping might mean yeah. a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just thinking about how good god really is and that he is a good god and um that this isn't a consequence you know on my life Mm -hmm. on my family's life um this isn't because i've done something wrong yes um again back to my identity i i am not you know i am a a christian a child of god first and through that that's what gets my work that's how i attain my worth and Mm so if I fail as a mom one day or if I have a bad day with my disabilities or or whatnot, um, that's okay because yeah. my sufficiency comes from the father and not, not from me. Yeah, I
0: love that. And, you know, I love what you said about, you know, so... So often we will make doctor's appointments for our kids. We'll make therapy appointments for our kids. We'll plan out everything related to our kids. And Mm -hmm. I actually talked to a mom here recently and she was like, I put in my planner in my schedule. She blocked out time for her to be able to have some soul care. She put it in part of her day. And so I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what's kind of what you were saying. It's like, Mm -hmm. we plan out everything else for our kids and it's okay for us to put that in. Mm -hmm. for ourselves and if it takes us actually putting it in our calendar Mm -hmm. to make that happen we have to make it happen so
1: yeah
0: well katie thank you so much for your time i have loved getting to hear your story and uh knowing more about you and we will be sure to point people to the banquet network to find out more about how you guys may be able to come along and help them uh in their churches so thanks so much katie yeah thank you thanks for having me
1: Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.